0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of the Tech Chit Chat Show. My name is Ken, I'm from Northern Viking Everyday and Northern Viking Explorer. You can find me on YouTube and I'm here with my co-host, Steven, who's a video game programmer. You can find him on YouTube at Steven Loney or on Twitter at 8BitWarrior. Welcome today, Steven. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: How are you? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Do you have your coffee handy? Of course. Yeah, of course, (laughs) coffee, got to get going. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I know this is. we've been talking about this for a little bit, and this is our first podcast. We're excited to do this. Um, Mm. You can probably find us on YouTube as well as podcasting services. We have to put this up, so we're not exactly sure where it's going to be just yet, but hopefully everywhere very soon. So um, we've got a bunch of stuff we want to cover today. We're going to get into some things like we're going to talk about video cards a little bit, um, we're going to talk about some AMD stuff. We're going to talk about Windows 10X. We're going to talk about a new codec that should save you data and space, as well as we're going to talk a little bit of CES. So that's what we're going to be covering today. Um, maybe we'll t- tell a little bit about ourselves here. I um, do a lot of YouTube work and um, I love tech. I teach some tech at the library as well, and I know Stevens. A programmer, so um, we're kind of trying to bring what we have and bring it to you. Do you have any thoughts there, Stephen? Before we get rolling, yeah, just to share a bit by myself. Yeah, I'm a programmer. I've been
1: doing game development for about 15 years, Uh, largely as a hobby and sometimes professional mix of both. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm very uh, yeah, I'm just hoping to bring in more of the programming mind of side, more dig deeper and look at more of the analytical technical aspects of stuff as we go along.
0: Perfect. Awesome. And I don't know if you can hear that. Someone's doing a peel-out outside my window here with their, <laughs> with their, with their truck. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. First thing in a podcast. So, but we'll just keep rolling and and know that this is going to work for us. Why don't we just get right into it? We're going to jump into the RTX 3060. So um, what are your thoughts there, Stephen? You uh, brought this up and brought it to my attention this week. And yes. I thought it was pretty
1: cool. Yes, I am excited about the 3060, um, the RTX 3060, um, because uh, the the interesting thing about the RTX 3060 is that it is it's there's more powerful cards that have come out that actually have less video memory than the 3060. It has um, 12 gigabytes of video memory, which is quite large for a mid-range video card. So there's some people have been asking, saying, "Well, what is this card for? Why does this have more video memory than like the flagship?" Uh, Video cards that are like way more money and it interestingly enough um, because I do some video editing and stuff I was this is actually what I've been looking for in the market is this card with high video memory and it it doesn't need all the gaming performance Um, So this card when this was was uh, Talked about I was like this is for me. They're like who's this for it's for me. I want the video memory I do 4k editing um, and I don't need all that gaming power I don't need all that Um, I actually had recently a 2080 Super, and I actually recently just downgraded to a GTX 1070 because I didn't need all the gaming performance of the 2080 Super. And the the GTX 1070 has the exact same amount of video memory, 8 gigs, as the 2080 Super. And so on gaming performance, the 2080 Super is twice as powerful, but
0: in video editing, the 1070 was like, 90% as good in performance. And that's what I'm using as well is the 1070 for video editing. And it works great for, for my applications as well. So, Oh, it works really good. And compared to the 20 super and I, um,
1: yeah, the 1070, I, I, so I've just pocketed the, the difference right now. I'm waiting on a newer card, like the 3060. So Mm -hmm. until I can get my hands on one of those in the future, and I don't know if I'll jump on one right away, but like, that is kind of what I'm waiting for. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: So again, it's know, still so does the thirty-sixty? The it looks like I was looking at this chart. Looks like yeah. it has twelve gigabytes of VRAM. Is that what I'm seeing here? I think. Yeah. I don't know if you can see that?
1: Yeah. So it has yeah. twelve gigabytes of VRAM, which is like plenty for like, especially for like a mid-range cards That's a lot. Because again, like the twenty-eighty supers and stuff have like eight gigs still. So this has
0: like fifty percent more. Yeah. Um. So I see here the RTX thirty-sixty Ti still only has eight um yes. for those of those people who are maybe new to video cards um and this is your forte um as a consumer you'd say oh well 12 is better than 8 so right. I should get that but it's going to be cheaper why what are your thoughts there well right so that
1: would be a bad number so if your point is for gaming uh you'd want the 3060ti or 3070 or 3080 um so, yeah, you definitely don't want to look at that as being like, it's better because if if a, if a game or a um, application doesn't use, doesn't need that much RAM, well, it's kind of useless. It's yeah. kind of like, it's like having a vehicle. It's like saying a vehicle with more seats is better. It's like, well, yeah, it could be. But if you only ever drive yourself, it's not. Or like a, a Ferrari,
0: but you're not allowed to go over 100.
1: Oh, exactly. And it's like, yes, (laughs) I don't know if that
0: makes sense, but
1: (laughs) it's like, there's a potential for a use of it, but you can't even use it. Um, But if the applications you're using really need that, that space or that like um, that full. uh, So for me, for 4k video editing, you can quickly eat into your video memory and it's something that you want. Um, But there's certain games where, for example, if you're playing for some of the gamers out there, if you're playing a game called like rocket league, it only yeah. uses like 1 gigabyte of vram. So yeah, if you're sure. if you're playing Rocket League and you're like I'm going to get this 12 gigabyte card, well you're only using less than 10% of the vram in that game. Yeah.
0: So for sure.
1: But other games yeah. will use a lot more um for more other yeah. games but um that's just one example but for editing i know you do editing it's it's a factor so. yeah
0: well and i saw the price there it, i think it was 329 us it's going to be starting at is what they're saying so i think yeah. that's that's good value for that i know and that kind of leads us into the next thing we wanted to talk about was the gpu used market and um i know for example i when i bought my computer i actually bought it used it came with a um asus 780 and right. i sold that and bought a 10 1070 um, mm-hmm. The same as what you're using, a different brand, but um, you know, I, I was able to get that for a really good deal, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where that the price of that 3060 is not that much more than the used market right now. But there's problems with the used market. I think. Um, yes. <laughs> I think that's something you wanted to chat about as well. Well. Yeah, so
1: I just jumped in the used market. As I said, I sold my twenty eighty super and I bought a ten seventy on the used market, and I actually found a really good deal. I got it for uh, two hundred and thirty dollars Canadian, which is okay,
0: pretty good deal. What I paid I paid two fifty for mine, so
1: yeah. yeah, and so but the same ballpark there, and that's like the best bang for buck in my opinion is that ten seventy. Um, so it was a really good deal. I pocketed the cash from the 20 super and just bought ten seventy, and it was like all I need. So really good, but, but the market is getting skewed right now because a lot of people already know that the, uh, the NVIDIA and AMD, there's a shortage in the stock. Um, you got bit my Bitcoin miners buying them up. I think that's a big one. Yeah. You got, you got bots buying them up and reselling for higher prices. It's just not a healthy market new. Um. so it's probably a good time to look to the used market but now it's jumped to um that problem is also jumping to the used market now too and i'm looking at a site here with some sales locally and for example looking at like a rx 580 i would buy those i find them available for like uh i actually picked one up a while ago for like 200 but you see them coming go for like 250 two to three hundred dollars and now there's people selling rx 580s for like the amd card for like twice the price like i yeah. see people listening for 450 500 like double of what they should be
0: yeah
1: um so the, the used market's also getting messed up right now but mm-hmm. i would encourage people do not buy into the still still play the used market but don't look at the stupid ridiculous prices um you can still yeah. find people selling for reasonable prices they're still there yeah. and i still think that like a 1070 is the best bang for buck if you can't find yeah. anything I would say you want a high performance card that's decent for like 1440p gaming. I would look at a 1070.
0: Yeah. Um, if you jump on them right away, if you're kind of look every day, you're, there's a high likelihood you'll find something.
1: Well, right. Well, even here today, I'm not even looking hard, and there's one, there's an eight gig. There's, of course, they're all eight gigs, but the 1070 for 300 bucks Canadian here. Like, yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, it's still so For those of you watching or listening in the US, that's, it's about a, um, I guess 300 bucks, it's probably about 230 or something like that. US would be the equivalent. So, yeah. um, For those of you listening in the US. So cool. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, we've both gone through the used market and it'll be interesting to see where things are headed going forward. Mm -hmm. Moving on. You brought something to my attention. We actually talked about this, I think, for the first time maybe six months ago, or I saw a video. You showed me a video online about the, RTX voice Um, and this kind of segments from the video cards. Um, So if, for those of you who aren't aware, RTX voice helps reduce background noise. Um, If you're while podcasting or recording audio or streaming or whatever you're doing, it just is a background noise reducer, noise reducer, so you won't hear typing. Maybe you won't hear, I don't actually have it turned on at the moment, but you might, won't hear cars squealing out in front of the house um, <laughs> as you start your first podcast. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thoughts on that, <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, I'm actually using it right now. Uh, RTX voice is really cool. So uh, what happened is, so with the 2080 Super, which is an uh, RTX card, you have access to a, a software suite from Nvidia called uh, Open Broadcast, and Open Broadcast includes RTX Voice and also the uh, video web uh, video cam, so you can have like a stream like this, and then like replace your background or have a blur or stuff like that. So downgrading from the 2080 Super to the 1070, I lost access to Open Broadcast because they required a twenty uh, an RTX card, I think a 2060 or greater. But I realized the other day that the RTX Voice by itself could still be downloaded and used by people using 1070s, maybe even 1060s, possibly. Um, But like if you have like a 1060 or 1070 or 1080 or 1080i, I realized you can still download RTX Voice just by itself outside of Mm -hmm. our um, open broadcast, uh, sorry, NVIDIA broadcast. Um, So which was really cool. So I'm like, so I was a little bit sad. I'm like, oh, I'm losing access to that. Um, But I saw, so I'm actually using RTX Voice right now um so if i do any typing i won't try because i might mess something up here but um like my my chair is squeaking right now and i don't know if you guys can hear it or not but if i didn't have it on you'd probably hear my chair chair squeaking um so that was just cool saying even um downgrading to 1070 i still have access to rtx voice which has been great now they um i did mention that on twitter saying hey like i've been this is great using rtx voice with 1070 and one of the developers of rtx voice actually says yeah we've enabled it he says but but didn't know that your um, use might be limited if you're on, on like the 10 series uh nvidia cards they're saying yes we make it we have it working um mm-hmm. but don't expect it to work as well as like the the on like a 2060 2070 or, or above um yeah but
0: and i i just i just had thrown up the the website there a little bit earlier i don't know those of you this is a podcast, so you wouldn't have seen it, but you can download it at NVIDIA.com. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, I'll put it in the description below so you can find a link to to try that out for yourself if that's something you want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's uh, an awesome thing to uh, try out and see if it works for you, especially a lot of game streamers. Um, that might might be something they want to try out. Yeah. And so. a, lot, a lot of people just might not know that it's still accessible. so it's just like, when you,
1: if you see open broad, if you see mm-hmm. the Nvidia broadcasts, we come up, know that if you have an ten series card, RTX voice is still available for download by itself. It's still there. And it's just kind of that knowledge of like, Oh, it is there. Okay. So a lot of people just might not know that yeah. um, they're not, they're not really pushing it that
0: part of it. So. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So next up, we, I saw this this week and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, Windows 10x. I don't know. Had you heard about this before this week, Stephen, or briefly? Really?
1: Briefly, I and I was curious.
0: Yeah, what is it? So, I saw some tweets and different articles come out this week about Windows 10x, and from what I can gather, um, it's it's kind of in development. From what I can gather, and it's supposed to be more competition to um, the Chrome. OS, so um, for low powered, I don't even know if I wanna call them laptops, uh, Chromebooks, I guess is what right. you should call them. Um, right. And if you go online, like the articles I've been looking at, there's small little videos of people using it. It's, it looks very much like a watered, very, very watered down version of Windows. Um, right. I think it's designed for using um, Microsoft's OneDrive for most of your storage. And it's truly designed um, to, to compete with Chrome. So uh, if this comes out, like, it's not, from what I understand, you're not going to be able to use it with your existing devices. It's going to um, have to come out with a new device that's, that's purchased. And right. I don't know, like, I know... At my kid's school, they their school is full of Chromebooks. There might be a huge market for this for all those people who just want to surf the web, check their Facebook, and reply to emails. This might be a good option for you if you're familiar with Windows. I think it's going to um, just feel very straightforward and easy to use because mm-hmm. a lot of the features look similar. Um, the article I was reading it also did talk about um, it talked about it. Potentially having a similar flair to um, a future update of of Windows, so um, you can see all the buttons here are actually in the middle of the screen at the bottom, or I don't want to call them buttons, but the the icons rather than in the bottom left hand corner. So your like your Start menu and everything like that. Um, it just looks very watered down, but I think it's. Right. Um, definitely something to think about if you're if you're needing something just maybe you want an extra something by the couch so you can just surf the web while you're i don't know sleeping right. on your coffee in the morning and i think they'll be low cost um i don't even know what to call them because they're a competitor to like a chromebook but um yeah <laughs> that, that being said i say low cost i was at costco this week and they had a chromebook that was seven hundred and something dollars I I took a picture of it. It was, I doesn't seem uh, the right market. That's Canadian dollars, but if you're spending $769 or whatever it was, I think, (laughs) why are you looking at a Chromebook? Um, I mean, maybe there's a use for it, but that just seems awfully high for a Chromebook. In my mind, a Chromebook should be 300, 300, 350 bucks. So um, I, you know, that might be something to think about if you're really comfortable with windows going forward. So, any yeah. any other thoughts on that steven or
1: well yeah i i am wondering so i feel like windows has tried i think if i did hear a little bit about this and i and i feel like windows has tried to enter this market and they haven't had the greatest success i think yeah. um, well
0: in the past yeah. they've had had their phones with windows on them i know some people who have used them and just love them but the popularity didn't didn't take I, off I, I i feel like part of the problem is that Windows is
1: fighting against an established idea of oh it's Windows so I can run my Windows applications on it when mm. that's not the case um, so I feel like they have some market confusion that they're fighting against a battle yeah. of that's against themselves where it's yeah. like you have you have you, you a person goes to a person who who's not knowledgeable in the subject goes to the store they go to a Best Buy and they look hey well here's a Windows 10 computer for like half the price laptop as half a price as the other one both yeah. are windows. So they buy the windows one and they buy it for their son who's going to school. And now he can't even use a certain application yeah. Um, or he can't play, you know, all yeah. any games on there practically, which is fine if it's just for school or not. But yeah, I just like, I just feel like there's this confiding against, well, it's a windows laptop. So I should be able to play windows, but not at all. Yeah,
0: um, no, for sure. And I, I think, I mean, that's going to be, I think for those of you who are looking for this, it's, the programs you're probably going to find apps developed directly for this, like the native Facebook app. I don't know. Will look the same? If it'll look exactly the same, it might be more like your phone app. Well, the thing
1: uh, is, any, any anything though that goes to the web browser should be fine. Like if you're just yeah. using, like once you're into the web browser, you're like it should be pretty much identical. Um, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, I guess it's if only you're
0: downloading a program. Um, like apps will have to be designed. work with yeah it's
1: only really affecting like native applications that are like on your
0: computer anything to the web browser should be near identical um and so i guess what i'm saying is if there was a facebook app like you'd have on your phone it would probably look different than if you went onto the browser maybe uh or not necessarily necessarily, (laughs) uh, no it should look the same it's just
1: performance and The, the big issue is not almost with the Facebooks or the Twitters or that it's with like, Mm -hmm. um, it's the, the kid wanted to just play Minecraft. That's true. It's like, can I play Minecraft? And, and that one probably will have it. I mean, when Microsoft owns Minecraft, they'll probably have it working for it. I think they already do have an ARM based version of it, but it's just things like that. It's like the kid wants to go play. Okay. I want to play rocket league, this popular game or Fortnite. Well, they're not, they're not working. Um, those things just won't work because that one's going to be on the arm based. It's more like a phone. Um, so, and this is a side note I, we didn't talk about, I don't know if I've mentioned, but like there's the raspberry PI 400. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, did you like, no, but I've been, I'm been meaning to, but for like really cheap like you can buy raspberry Pis by themselves like for really cheap mm-hmm. and you can build your own housing but they had the raspberry pi 400 which they built the raspberry pi computer into like the keyboard so it's like more like the older style like yeah um think of old amiga or commodore kind of deal um so in regards to schools like you bring up about well, the the uh, windows 10x could be cool for schools well look at the raspberry pi 400 the keyboard everything's in there you plug into a monitor for like roughly 100 bucks and you have you got yeah. a computer that's Gonna do probably largely what the Windows 10x stuff will do. Um, yeah, for like, oh, and that's school. what I
0: mentioned. I know they have a ton of Chromebooks at my kid's school, um, but it's perfect for them doing their homework at school. But yeah, yeah, I also, just think it could be. Hard why for, don't we move yeah. on? Otherwise, we're gonna be here
1: <laughs> all day. <laughs> I know.
0: Um, <laughs> next thing we wanted to talk about um, the H.266 codec. And I know that wasn't a very smooth transition, but I'm <laughs> trying to keep time over here. <laughs> the H.266 codec. And uh, if you're not aware, this is a new video codec that is supposedly coming out very soon that's in development that should allow video files, everything from standard definition to 8K to be about half the file size, so this should help with with streaming and um, file storage on your computer. Um, yeah. So, I, Stephen, any thoughts on this at all? Or yeah, so it sounds really good. Like on paper, it's like
1: cut your bandwidth in half. So instead of downloading, is that, is that the keyword? It
0: sounds really good. Oh, I don't know. I just mean <laughs> I just
1: I mean if if it is what it says, it is. It sounds really good on paper, and it could be really good. Um, but uh, uh, there is some possible trade-offs. It's like I haven't looked into it deeply, um, mm-hmm. but when you, when you hear about oh this thing will you know it's this big of a file size and we can do it at this file size, so it cuts bandwidth in half. You could think, well, YouTube yeah. would love this and all these things, and yeah, it sounds good and it could be really good. Like I haven't looked into the all of it, but the one thing to consider is um, you have to consider how long it takes, how much work you have to, how much work you have to do to to pack it down. And how much work you have to do to unpack it so it's one thing to pack something down but how much work do you have to do to get it there how much work you have to do to get it back out to usable state so that could put a bigger strain on both um the computer that has to
0: pack it and the computer that has to unpack it so as well as i think that like if you're filming with a camera and it's using this codec could that i'm assuming it could affect that as well i know um, it, it, like for example, in memory cards, um, you need a fast enough memory card, yeah to handle that. so that that would be something as well,
1: yeah, and I don't know, I don't know all the details, but it, there's just one one thing to factor in is when people hear about these codecs that are smaller, you gotta also think about the the compression time and the decompression time, yeah, um because even it might be it might be really great. You're like, yeah, say you live off in the stick somewhere and you're like, hey, we can finally download standard definition video because, you know, your internet's so bad. Um, you might be able to, it may be fine, but if the codec is hard on hardware, where it actually requires a beefier processor to, to unpack it, you mm-hmm. might be hitting a different issue where now you can stream that standard definition, but you're getting stuttering because it's not. So I'm I'm assuming that the people developing the codec have, are considering performance and it's fine, mm-hmm. um, but that's the one thing is just like, how will it perform? on a CPU, is it actually practical for, um, or will it require newer hardware? It's just things to consider. Yeah, no, for sure. But I find it exciting, you're right. For yourself, you know, um, you've mentioned before that you would appreciate being able to just pack down certain files, stored video files and stuff.
0: Um, Well, I do so much video work and I I just bought an 8 terabyte um, backup drive, and I'm wondering how long that's going to last me. Like, if I put everything on there, I'm sure it would be the better part of full. So um, yeah. uh, this being able to, for me being able to put twice as much video on a backup drive would be super handy if, it, if that's the case. Yeah. So I think long-term if they can, if your hardware and everything can handle it, I think it's yeah. a great, great option. Oh, yeah. And um, it'll allow for your devices to hold more content, um, potentially yeah. streaming faster. For videos, everything like that. So yeah, I will add um I think there's a lot of people still not even using
1: the there's a lot of times where the H.264 is still commonly used and two six five is not even being used everywhere. Um yeah. And I did see a comparison though a while back comparing two six four and two six five, even it was a, a scene from Avengers, like the really action scene, they're showing like the different bit rates and the difference between the two six four and two six five, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like yeah. it is impressive. And so if 266 is just an expansion on that, like it's impressive technology and I yeah. find it exciting. And I think, yeah, hopefully it stays and, and, and is adopted. So
0: yeah. And there might be some of you out there like, listening going, I don't, I, I have no clue what you're talking about. H whatever number. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just if you, if you live off in the middle of nowhere,
1: you might have a chance of downloading, like watching streaming video in the future. So
0: yeah. Just think about, um watching streaming and using half as much data essentially. Um yeah. that might be yeah. the simple terms of it. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I think the last basic things we wanted to touch on were CES just happened this past week, and um I I, I didn't watch it, I kind of took a quick look at what some of the stuff that was announced was. Um and there was some interesting stuff I think just because it was virtual this year rather than than being in person I think companies it's hard to put your I don't know eggs all in that basket when you know it's not going to be as widely broadcasted and um yeah. people aren't walking around hyping it up so I think um there there was definitely some cool stuff Um, not just like computer stuff. There was some other cool stuff. I know some of the things that I noticed, like when I went through them, um, LG's products really, really went to top of mind for myself. They had a phone with an expandable screen on it. Um, they had a transparent television, so you could kind of see through the TV. I think you, I, I, I don't really know how it worked, but you could, um, you, you I'm, don't I'm know sure how to oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> let me go build one in my backyard um, I, i'm assuming you can you can um adjust that contrast or whatever you'd call it so you can see through or not see through at all but it was kind of cool the videos and i'm sure you could google it up online uh, but you can have the weather on there but still see out the window type of thing right um what else? They had, LG had a cool fridge that you knock on and it goes clear so you can actually see what's inside the fridge. So <laughs> you have a messy fridge and um, if you're not, Which, you, can, you can hide it's... all that. <laughs> Makes me think, would you want a front, front door like that? <laughs> yeah, knock on the front door and it opens. People can see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see it in TV shows, that glass that goes obscure. I don't know. Yeah, right. That's, uh, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. like, did, do, you, do you really want that for a fridge? well i think the whole point is that you don't have to hold it open i think it's to conserve energy um right. so you can see what's in there so you're not holding your fridge open searching for stuff you can kind of look at it from outside. that i don't know it's, and if if we're honest how many times do we go to the fridge just opening it for the sake of opening it that's just true. to see
1: what's there and so if we could at least <laughs> start knocking on it to see what's in there and not
0: well wasting power I, I mean, the smart fridge i mean you have a <laughs> your your fridge has a basically an android screen on it so it's uh, <laughs> that's true but
1: how much how much is it actually it actually and it, it right it even has the camera inside so you can like look at the camera and you can awkwardly kind of see inside the fridge so i guess this is yeah. like a 2.0 of that which
0: we don't even really use yeah. so i guess it probably kept on the weather most of the time or something like that or a picture yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so it's, it's a largely cool quality, but will you it, use and half the
1: time people call, uh, they call it an iPad half the time here. It's like, there's an iPad on the fridge and I have to be yeah.
0: technically, but anyways. Oh, oh. <laughs> the thing, and this is totally not like computer related and we're trying to go all tech here, but um, Kohler had a smart tap that from my understanding, you could tell it to pour out a liter of water and it'll give you a liter of water. So if you're um, I, I think it also does temperature as well. So if, um, maybe if you're into cooking, that could, could be handy. If you're just sure. needing a liter of water, it could save you some time. Um, so a smart tap. And again, you can check that out Google Kohler smart tap and you should find that. But there was definitely some cool stuff there robotic. Samsung had a cool robot vacuum, I guess, to con- compete with the Roomba and all that. But yeah. Did you have any other kind of thoughts on that or were you? No, I, I haven't actually followed
1: CES uh, yet. I might do kind of a, a check it out once it's all wrapped up and see what's out there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, other than the video cards, video cards, and, um, kind of that AMD NVIDIA stuff was kind of the main thing for me and stuff. Um, yeah. but I'll have to follow up afterward and see what, when everything settles, see what's done yeah, um, for sure. Yeah.
0: And I, I think like, um, I just popped up this, this question for you guys. And if you're watching or listening on YouTube, um, for us, maybe the question of the day is what's your favorite tech gadget of the year? Or maybe I should have said CES, Um, if you have some, maybe write those in the comments section below here on YouTube, we'd love to hear about what your favorite tech gadget has been this year. Or if you, maybe maybe your favorite video card, what you're using in your computer as well. We'd love to hear Mm. about that in the comments section below. Um, Any other final thoughts today before we wrap this up here, Stephen? No, I think everything Uh, um it's kind of an interesting i mean
1: i guess it's interesting to see where this uh what new tech comes out i'm excited for some of the tech and stuff
0: coming up and i look forward to discussing it more this year yeah no i'm excited i'm happy we've got episode one done and um in the books and hopefully we'll have another one coming out soon i appreciate all of you listening and listening today and we uh, appreciate you all and we Hope that you learned something today. So until next Mm -hmm. time, thanks for listening and take care. Remember to subscribe here on YouTube and to the podcast. Bye-bye.